Hello, hello, all you amazing reality hackers out there. It has been a little while since I've done a solo cast, and uh, to be honest, I didn't even want to release an episode this week. I did not want to talk about global affairs. I did not want to talk about anything that wasn't talking about global affairs. I, I was just, I just needed a break. And I got to really reflect on what has been emerging in my life and how I've been able to navigate that. And personally, I've gone through a lot of challenges and ups and downs and trials and tribulations and moving and transitioning from living at the Mystic Manor and being around, you know, 10 to 15 to 45 to 100 people at all times in warm, sunny California, living the dream to being on full lockdown in a snowy city by myself. It, there have been challenges for sure. Uh, just tapping into the collective fear, tapping way too deep into the conspiracy, truth-seeking aspect of what's really happening. And it started to take a toll. I started to feel less grounded, less balanced, less centered, less sure of myself, and overwhelmed. I'm somebody who has a very sensitive nervous system, I guess you can say, uh, something called a highly sensitive person, and I can be underwhelmed and understimulated or overwhelmed and overstimulated maybe a little bit easier or more quickly than the average person. And I, I started to notice that, the drastic shift between overstimulation to understimulation to just not being in that schedule and that routine and that normal flow. And what I started to notice was, again, yeah, just my, really my mental health feeling like it was slipping. And so what I got to do was really sit down with myself and go through my mental health toolkit, right? Really get out the practices and the tools that I have so that I can implement them and use them so that I don't slip into a depression that I don't rock into mania, so that I don't need to spend days laying in bed. Not that there's anything wrong with that, it's just that that's not, that's not part of my plan. And I know that I have tools that can bring me right back into alignment, right back into feeling strong and healthy and grounded in myself. And so for anyone who may have experienced mental health challenges or may be experiencing some now, you know, I, we call it mental health, but it's really mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health. I believe it's holistic. But for anyone who's experiencing some challenges, I just wanted to share some of the tools that I use and hopefully they're helpful for you. Maybe this is not relevant for you, but it might be for a partner, for a friend or a loved one or a client. And so this is, my intention for this is to serve you and your community. So the first one, if you're noticing that there is a lot of emotion or what I like to call an emotional storm or the tornado or the emotional washing machine or the spiral, whatever you like to call it, it's really important to recognize, like just recognize that there is a storm. So bringing awareness. And the first thing really, again, with the bringing awareness is to, to bring a, a sense of peace and calm to the emotional storm. In being able to do that, first we need to accept how we feel. So oftentimes when going through strong emotions, we try to fight it or to deny it or hide. Uh, and that's not actually effective because we can't hide or deny or run away or stuff down our emotions. They are still there. So what it means to be aware and to calm the emotional storm, the first step is really stop trying to fight it. Stop trying to avoid it, suppress it, or deny what you're feeling. 
Give yourself full permission to have these feelings. When you do so, it can actually take away a lot of the power behind the feelings. So you want to try to simply experience your feelings without judgment or criticism. You let go of the past and the future and focus exclusively on the present moment. So some mindfulness techniques that can be very effective are as following. You want to start by observing your emotions as if from the outside looking in. You want to watch as they come and as they go. You may think of them as waves or as clouds. You can focus in on the physical sensations that accompany your emotions. So rather than saying like, oh, I'm anxious, well, tune into your body to where that feeling is and notice the feeling. You could even name the feeling. Maybe it's tightness in the chest or a lump in the throat or knots in the belly. Naming the physical sensation that accompanies the emotion is extremely powerful. Next, tell yourself that you accept what you're feeling right now. You'll literally say, I love and accept myself fully. I accept what I'm feeling. I accept that I'm feeling knots in my stomach. I accept that I've labeled this as anxiety. I accept that I feel worried. Then the final step here is to remind yourself that just because you're feeling something doesn't mean it's reality. So maybe you're feeling anxious that your partner hasn't called you back or that you might lose your job or that you might not get another client. You notice the sensation, you notice the emotion, and then you can remind yourself, just because I'm feeling this doesn't mean that it's reality. So that's the first one, a calming the emotional storm. Now, another tool something that's very helpful for mental health, it's doing something that stimulates one or more of your senses. By engaging your senses, it's really one of the quickest and easiest, most effective ways to quickly self-soothe. And you will need to experiment for yourself to see which one suits you best or which ones you need for what is arising. You'll need different strategies for different moods as well. So just noticing that and it helps to be observant and to write these down. For instance, when you're angry, you might need something very different than when you're sad or when you're feeling numb. So going through the senses, the first one that we're going to go through is taste. If you're feeling empty or you're feeling a numbness, you can try using something that has a very strong flavor, like a strong mint, uh, or eat something with intense flavor, maybe something extremely salty or extremely spicy, if you like that, to stimulate you. And if you want to calm down, you can try something really soothing. I personally love soup or hot tea or even uh, like a room temperature yogurt with some berries. I find that's really nice and calming for me with some cinnamon and ginger. So using taste. The next one is using sight. You can focus on looking at something that really captures your attention something that you find beautiful or inspiring, maybe it's nature or a painting, or you can even just imagine something. So the third one is sound. If you're feeling a little bit numb or, or you need a boost, you can listen to loud music, you can listen to things that really boost you, maybe it's even blowing a whistle or ringing a buzzer, something that will wake you up. And to calm down, you wanna use soothing music or listen to the soothing sounds of nature. I like to put on ocean waves or bird or jungle music. Uh, you can even use a sound machine or a white noise machine if you wanna focus or calm down. So the next one is touch. If you're not feeling enough, you can try running either cold water or hot water, but not obviously burning hot over your hands. 
you can hold a piece of ice, you can grip an object or the edge of something like a piece of uh, cloth or a blanket or a pole, whatever you can, and really squeeze it tightly. If you're feeling too much and you're overstimulated and you want to calm down, I personally love taking a shower or a warm bath, or again, just cuddling, snuggling up under blankets, or even laying in the grass. That's something that I find very, very soothing. Now, the last one is the sense of smell. Now, our olfactory system is so powerful as it's intricately winded with our emotions as well as our memory. And so what you can do is you can diffuse incense, you can diffuse uh, essential oils, things that are either invigorating or calming, you can smell flowers, you can you know whip up something in the kitchen that smells really nice. Uh, if you are going through depression, then something with citrus in it will be uplifting like a wild orange or a lime, uh, maybe even something spicy. If you are overstimulated and you want to ground down, maybe something like Serenity that has lavender or a balance oil. Um, I, you know I've talked about oils before. If you want to learn anything more about essential oils, you can go on my website, samanthalotus.com slash essential hyphen uh, oils. <laughs> I forgot that for a second. I was like, what's the next word? Yeah, so I'll link that in the comments as well. You can try more essential oils for aromatherapy. They're incredible, very, very helpful. Uh, the next step, the next tool in your toolkit, you know, if, if you want to take it a step further, is really to learn how to reduce your emotional vulnerability. So if you are somebody who tends to be extremely overstimulated or very sensitive, you're probably more likely to experience negative emotions when you're run down and under stress. Well, everybody is. And so that's why it's really important to take care of your physical and mental well-being. I will also say spiritual well-being is very important also. And so some of the ways to really take care of yourself and to reduce the emotional vulnerability is first to avoid mood-altering drugs. I know personally for me, weed does not really agree with my system. Um, some people, it gets them feeling really great. For me, it does not work so well in my body. Uh, other things like MDMA, depends on the dosage. If you're using a therapeutic dose, it can be really helpful. If you're using a mega dose, it's going to severely affect your neurotransmitters. And so make sure that if you are using those, you know how to supplement properly, like using magnesium and 5-HTP. And again, certain grounding oils can be really helpful. Uh, you want to, also with the mood altering drugs, I will say, I do not drink alcohol. Uh, for those of you who've listened to my podcast or listened to the Positive Head podcast, which I'm a co-host on, you know that I don't drink alcohol. For me, it is literally the devil. It brings out not such great qualities in me. Uh, I mean, I haven't been drunk in about eight years, so I don't know if it'd still be the same, but it does not make me feel good and it affects my mental health. So I do not drink alcohol. And I suggest if you're going through a depression, alcohol is probably not the best thing for you. The next thing, I say it all the time, but you really want to be eating a balanced, nutritious diet. That means fresh fruits, fresh veggies, lots of good quality proteins, good quality fats. Fats are so good for your brain. They're calming, they're grounding. So are animal proteins, uh, if you're into that. If you're not, that's okay. You can eat root veggies. You can eat other things that are grounding. I, I prefer warm, comforting, nourishing, uh, a little bit more saucy and salty foods when I'm feeling a little bit all over the place or scattered. It helps to bring me back to my center. Uh, the next thing is getting plenty of quality sleep. 
So this means I like to journal before bed to get all the thoughts out of my mind. I turn off my screens at least an hour before bed. I diminish the bright lighting in my condo. I also diffuse calming essential oils so that I can really get good quality sleep. Now with good quality sleep, you're gonna wake up feeling refreshed, have a great day. And during that day, you wanna be exercising regularly, whether that's going for brisk walks or doing yoga, dancing, weight training, high intensity. Exercise is crucial. For those people who don't exercise, I do not know how you are not all depressed. I believe most people are. If you're not moving your body, there are so many deteriorating health effects of not moving your body regularly. So even if you're only doing seven minutes of jumping jacks and push-ups and squats in your living room, that is enough. Just do something. Also minimizing stress wherever you can and pr practicing relaxation techniques. So like breath, breathing, like nice deep breathing, getting massages, that's personally my favorite, or having your hair played with. Um, that should be a service where you can just go and have your hair played with for an hour. I feel like that would be needed. Uh, you can take a bath, you can do yoga, hang out with your animals water your plants, do gardening, whatever feels good for you. So those are just some helpful regular tools that you can use to just take care of yourself. Uh, another thing like that I just mentioned was for if you're something that somebody like that likes touch and that sense and you don't feel grounded, what I do recommend is really using grounding exercises. So a grounding exercise it's, it's important because once the fight or flight response in your body has been triggered, so say you're overwhelmed or overstimulated or triggered or just not feeling great, there's no way to think yourself out of this. You can't think yourself calm. You really have to focus on what you're feeling in your body rather than what's in your mind. So what you wanna do for a grounding exercise is you wanna find a quiet spot and sit in a super comfortable position. And then again, you're gonna focus on what you're experiencing in your body. Feel the surface that you're sitting on, feel your feet on the floor, feel your hands in your lap. Concentrate on your breathing, taking really nice deep breaths, breathing in slowly, pausing for a count of four, then breathing out slowly. Once more, you'll pause for a count of four. And you can do this continuously for several minutes. I also put up a video on YouTube for two breathing techniques that you can use for stress and anxiety and they only take three minutes and I highly recommend that you check that out. It can be really helpful especially if you are really being triggered or you just got into a fight or there's something happening and you just really need to ground and connect and de-stress. These exercises can be super helpful. Okay so finally a couple other tips in case of an emergency, like if you if your attempts to calm down just aren't working and you're feeling overwhelmed, um, maybe you're even feeling destructive, you know, sometimes that can happen. What you, or even your client if this is, uh, or somebody in your life, what you can have them do is you can have them, it, it's not a long-term solution, but it can help in the moment, is be distracted. So having them set out things that they can do when distraction is the only way to self-soothe. So some really helpful distractions can be to call a friend. Calling somebody that they can trust or that you trust is a really highly effective way to distract yourself and also maybe even gain some perspective. Make sure you're calling somebody positive. <laughs> That's really uh, important. 
again, getting active, going out for a run, going out for a workout, doing some yoga, going for a walk, that can be distracting. Another thing you can do is you can throw yourself into your work, right? Distracting yourself with other chores or errands, cleaning the house, going grocery shopping, doing laundry, you know, whatever it is, just doing something that is getting your mind off of what was going on. Um, do something that you enjoy, right? Maybe it's painting or playing an instrument, knitting, reading a book, doing a word puzzle, whatever makes you happy. Or even the simplest thing, like if you don't want to do anything, watch TV, right? Maybe don't put on a sappy movie or a horror movie or something too overstimulating, like an action film. Maybe just choosing a comedy or, or a sappy romance that you can just fall in love with. So it's, it's just good to start to think of these tools, right? Start to think of the, the things that you can use that are just simple strategies. They're free, they're cost-effective. You can do them in your own home. And when you're, when you're doing this, what you're recognizing is that you're really learning self-soothing. You're learning emotional intelligence. You're learning how to take care of yourself and your own needs. So a little bit about emotional intelligence. It's the ability to identify, understand, and use your own emotions in positive ways to relieve stress and anxiety, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges, and diffuse conflict. When it comes to things like happiness or success in life or your relationships, money, career, personal goals, EQ matters just as much, if not more, than your IQ. And so the four main attributes or categories of emotional intelligence, they're self-management. So the self-management is when you're able to control your impulsive feelings and behaviors, where you can manage your emotions in healthy ways, you can take initiative, and you can follow through on commitments and adapt to changing circumstances. So this is so huge, right? Really being able to adapt, to make commitments, to make a plan, to take care of yourself, to manage this is something that it's not easy all the time. It doesn't come naturally all the time. And with regular practice, dedication, and consistency, you will develop that self-management skill, which is needed and necessarily necessary for your emotional intelligence. The second is self-awareness. So you recognize your own emotions and how they affect your thoughts and behaviors. You know your strengths and weaknesses and have self-confidence. So for me, the way that this shows up is I know my strengths. I know I'm outgoing, I'm confident, I'm this, I'm capable, blah, blah, blah. I also know my weaknesses. I get overstimulated and overwhelmed and I project onto people how I imagine they feel and what I imagine they think. And then I make stories up in my head about it and I let that affect me. So I know that's one of my weaknesses. Now, because I'm self-aware of that, when that comes up, I can vocalize it with the either my friend or my partner or whoever it is. So that we can move through and navigate through the situation. So that level of self-awareness is really, really crucial. The third is social awareness. Now this is where you can understand the emotions, needs, and concerns of other people. It's really about picking up on emotional cues, feeling comfortable socially, and recognizing the power dynamics, or just the dynamics in general in a, in a group, or in an organization, or in a business, or wherever you are. So being aware of other people and noticing, but then also being aware not to be projecting or creating stories, right? Because that can often happen as well. And then the fourth attribute of emotional intelligence 
is relationship management. So this is where you're able to develop and maintain great relationships, where you're able to clearly communicate your thoughts and feelings, you're able to inspire and influence others, and you can work well in a team and manage and navigate conflict, right? When conflict arises, it does not mean that you blow up, it does not mean that you shut down. It means that you navigate effectively and come to a conclusion that feels good for all parties, win-win or no deal. So wherever you are, it doesn't matter. You can develop these skills. You can absolutely. It's just important again to know that even though you may have been raised a certain way or have been used to denying your feelings or numbing yourself or panicking or stressing out or debilitating yourself or whatever it is, however you've been, you can absolutely change. You can absolutely include new tools and practices into your life that are really empowering, that inspire you to evolve, that inspire you to hack your reality, to hack your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings, your personality, your reality. This is where the empowerment and the freedom comes in. And so I highly recommend that you think about some of these tools and see which ones feel best for you. Try them on. Okay, try them on. I believe in you. You got this. And another, another final thing is using a mantra. A mantra that I like to use in tough times is, this too shall pass. This is not permanent. This too shall pass. Everything is working out for my highest joy. What is the golden lining? I love and accept myself fully. This too shall pass. Right? So using these mantras can really help your mind to relax, can help your nervous system to relax. And when you're in that relaxed place, you're better able to meet yourself and the situation that you're faced with. So I hope that this is helpful. I know it is, has been such a game changer in my life and has allowed me to not be a messy puddle on the floor at all times <laughs> and to actually accomplish things in my life. And so I just want to let you know that it is so normal for people, to, for you and everybody to go through challenging times. It's so normal to feel overwhelmed or depressed. It's so, so normal to be a messy puddle on the floor and there are also really great tools that you can use to get you right back to feeling great, to grounded, to stable, and to ready to take on, to take on whatever life's challenges, because there will be challenges. And you, darling, are stronger and more capable and more powerful than any obstacle or challenge. So thank you so much for being here. I love you. I appreciate you. And we'll be talking soon.